You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with Cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at HuskerCuzCast for all podcast updates and more. It is our Northwestern recap and North Dakota preview. Well, as you may know, Northwestern beat Nebraska 31-28 in Dublin. Seventh straight one-score loss for Scott Frost in 5-21 uh, overall. Uh, guys, we did it. We did it. We fell for the banana in the tailpipe. After a long season of hype, building everything up, we fell for the banana, banana in the tailpipe. Crazy. Somewhere, Eddie Murphy, Axel Foley, is mocking Nebraska fans right now, saying, you fell for the banana in the tailpipe. I hate it. I mean, this, is, this was crazy. Can, can I just say, that may have been the worst Eddie Murphy impression ever. Well, that's when, he, <laughs> that's when he's mocking the white guys, right? I mean, I was going to say, don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> it's not getting any better, Justin. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> now, well, you just, now, you, now you just sound racist. <laughs> All right. There's probably people that don't even understand that reference. Probably not. Half yeah. the listeners right now. Yeah. Like, I mean. Bar- barely know who Eddie Murphy is, let alone Axel Foley. I guess if they're, if they're too young for that reference, they're probably too young to remember when Nebraska was good, though, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. We know what it is, but uh, Derek, what were your thoughts on this game? Oh, man, it was just remnant, uh, rem- remembrance of last year. It just felt like the same thing over again. A game you felt like you had won. You, you were thought you were going to win it and just fell short at the end. And it was another heartbreaker. It doesn't seem to stop breaking my heart. Yeah. Tyler? Yeah, I mean, I, I first thing I got to say is I, I got to give a – you know, all the kudos to Northwestern. You know, I think a lot of people are talking about comparing this game to last year's Illinois game. And I would say that the biggest difference to me is last year I felt we generally outplayed Illinois. We finished with more yards than them. There was multiple blunders. There's a lot of things that, like, was like, man, Adrian played really well and all this stuff. And then Northwestern outplayed us. Um, I mean, we certainly had our chances to win. We had a lot of things. We'll break that down more. But generally speaking, I feel like Northwestern took it to us on Saturday. And, and, I, and I will say this. I know you, you brought up the banana in the tailpipe. I woke up this morning, and, and I, I tend to look at it differently. Instead of thinking, man, I was wrong about Nebraska, I am choosing to believe that Northwestern did it again. Their even-year return has come back because – they looked good on Saturday, um, and I, I, I'm choosing to believe a lot of that has to do with them, not just us. So, well, well no, I, I will say this: this did not feel like a game, at least to me, like last year, where just like we found a way to lose. Like they beat us, yes, fair and square. They beat us. Like it was, it, it wasn't like it was just like we had one penalty. Like it was, we didn't just drag our dicks in the dirt and find a way to lose this one. Well, it's a kind of a tale of two halves, right? That first half, Nebraska looked good. Offensively, I mean, Casey Thompson looked like a, an obvious upgrade over Adrian Martinez. He was really good with his throws. You know, there's something to be said for the running game, which we'll get into. But Casey Thompson in the passing game looked really good. 
the defense, they had their moments starting out in the first quarter. They kind of digressed a little bit. But, you know, I mean, we built up an 11-point lead in the first half. And, you know, stuff happened. The the uh, the fumble, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda there, you know, around the 10-yard line, uh, which wasn't a fumble. And then Northwestern, they just they took advantage of that and they go up at halftime. But that first half was there's a lot of things to be optimistic about for Nebraska, and, right? And, and and kudos to uh Pat Fitzgerald for going for it on that fourth and one on that drive that you were just speaking of. Because oh, honestly, are you talking about the fake hard count? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that they they. They ended up snapping a ball and getting their yard. Nebraska was caught completely off guard. I was caught completely off guard. I, I didn't think in a million years they were actually going to go yeah. for that. Because if Nebraska shuts them down, they're scoring easily. Yeah, I mean, it, and not that I know we're going to get into the play here shortly, but like that, that's the difference between Pat Fitzgerald and uh, Frost. Because guarantee it, if Nebraska goes for it in that situation, we don't get it. Oh, we probably fumble the snap. <laughs> like, they're... they're <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't matter. Like, that statistically was the wrong call. That There was no way that was the smart statistical football decision. At that field placement, everything considered, we had plenty of time. Because they started, to, they were at midfield at that point. It wasn't like, oh, it was guaranteed that they were going to get a field goal. Like, there was. They weren't even at midfield. They were, like, on the 35-yard line. Yeah, I mean, it. you, you talk about that as just a, like, man, that could have gone wrong. And. That drive before half, Derek, you mentioned it, but they went 13 plays, 82 yards to end the half on us. And, you know, you, you look at that, and that right there, that gave them the lead in the halftime. So, Justin, I know you say it's a tale of two halves, but, you know, they, they led going into halftime um, and a lot because of that last drive right there that gave them the lead. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was... If there wasn't other things that happened, that probably would have been one of the things you remembered at the end of the game was that when you couldn't get them off, when you could have really put them to bed. Yeah. Uh, well, in the second half, things didn't go so well. Uh, Casey Thompson, what was he, five for 19 passing? Uh, interceptions. Yeah, two interceptions. Uh, Nebraska ended the game with their last six possessions, four punts, two interceptions. Uh, let's see here. They had 84 yards over those six possessions, 3.7 yards per uh, play, uh, three, three and outs and a four play, uh, drive that ended in a punt. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't the whole second half though. Keep, keep in mind that in the first six minutes of that third quarter, we scored two touchdowns and moved the ball very easily on them. Well, you're right. We did move the ball easy. A lot of that did come on one of the best plays I think you'll probably see all season for Casey Thompson on the 52-yard pass to IGC. Um, that really kind of helped set up. And then you had the 41-yard run from Grant. So you had a couple big plays that really kind of accelerated. But you're right, Derek. We came out at halftime. We did what we needed to do. We held them on that first drive when they got the ball. And we scored, and then we caused a turnover and scored again. And think nine minutes in the third quarter, it's starting to feel like, okay, we're going to pull this one out. Until? Until. Take it. The kick heard around the world. <laughs> uh, literally around the world. There are people in Ireland 
that are right now are like, I've never watched football. Why would you kick it so short? I don't understand. <laughs> Did he miss? Was that on purpose? I don't understand what happened there. The onside kick. Um, boneheaded play. Um, I, I, I actually want to put a defense to it at some point, but I don't know if we want to mock it a little bit more before sure. I put a defense on it. So how do you want to do this, Justin? <laughs> Derek, what, what are your thoughts on the onside kick? You're not going to like it. I, I, I was with you guys at the beginning. Like when, when it happened, I'm like, what in the actual fuck just happened? But the more I think about it, I, I like the call. I, I think it was a good call. I, dude, here's the thing. You have an 11 point lead. The worst thing that happens, they, they haven't stopped your offense at all. So you, you figure the worst thing that's going to happen is they get the ball, get a touchdown. You get the ball back. You go for another touchdown. Like they, they haven't shown any reason that they're going to stop you. There was no reason to think that the offense was going to completely stall after that onside kick. That's fair. And we showed very little ability to stop that. No. So even if you kick it deep, there's probably a good chance they drive it down the field and get a touchdown anyway. Was there? I, I mean, so. I think at that what, point what, they had. What, what part of that drive made you think we were going to stop them? Whether they had 80 yards to go or 50 yards to go. Well, yeah, I mean, Justin, the, the, we just talked about right before half, they went 13 plays, 82 yards for a touchdown. Yes, we did get a fumble that changed but, the course. But that, fu- but that fumble was after like a 30-yard run. It was 21 yards. It was a 21 carry. So so out of the last three drives, so if you go look at what they did, um, you know, we, we they went 82 yards. They had a 75-yard drive already. Like, I get it. Like, they had the 6 for 16, but I... It, we, we, we were not, I'll put it this way. We, I was not overly confident that our defense was going to stop them. We had already uh, forced three punts prior to that part. It's not like we weren't causing we gave them. Up, and we gave up three scores. Yeah. I don't know. When you're up 11, it just seems goofy. I mean, my, my thought was, what the hell are you doing at that point? And the thing for me is like when right when they recovered it, it kind of was like uh, that Iowa game last year with the block punt. I mean, it's like, oh my god, this is where it starts. And I just had I that see. deep, I had that entrenched in my mind that this is where Nebraska will falter. And especially after they marched five down, five plays down the uh, the uh, in that drive and scored a touchdown, I was like, oh my god, this it's going to happen again. I just felt it was going to happen again right at that moment. See, I, I didn't see it that way. I didn't see it at all. As, I mean, it, it clearly was a momentum shift, but I didn't see it as it took all the air out of the stadium. I didn't see it that way. Now, maybe it did. But, but obviously it did, because after that, we didn't do anything. I just, I, I have a really hard time like going back and saying, a play with nine minutes left, in the third quarter that amounted in no point, no change of possession. It, it wasn't like it was a turnover. It wasn't like it, uh, it was a point. It, that, that right there is the reason why you lose the game. The evidence, though, is that it did affect the game because we did nothing offensively after it. It I changed it. momentum I did, enough. I, I, I personally think that had a lot more to do with Travis Volkolek coming out of the game <laughs> they did the onside kick. And I think That's it has a lot to do with opinion. Northwestern. I, I mean, again, we, there, there was a couple of really good plays in the second half, but largely, like, our second half was these big, big plays that we generated. 
Um, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe you're right. What, what I will say is, and, and this is a stat that's been out there a little bit, so some of you may have heard it, but so in the last 10 years plus, um, if, if you go for an onside kick with the lead, you have a 60% success rate, and, and which is mathematically about the same odds of going for it in fourth and two. And we just talked about basically the same yards difference it would have given up. With Northwestern going for it on fourth and one and getting it, and Scott Frost going for it, so like this is where judgment goes in there. Obviously, you fail. Like you're not. It doesn't matter what the stats say. The stats are just numbers. Execution is everything. How many times and, do you think Nebraska has tried an onside kick being up in a game? Have they ever done it? Have, do you recall that ever right. happening? But but again. Like I, I, I recall it against Colorado. Just we started the second half and we t- we did an onside kick. And I'm pretty sure we had the lead in that game. Did, did we have the lead? Okay, I'd have to go back and double check, but I'm pretty sure we did. I again, it was a it, you you were judged on success and failures, and obviously it didn't work, and we ended up losing the game. So there, I mean, if you gamble, whether probabilities are in your favor or not, but whenever you do something risky and it doesn't work. You're going to be judged off of it. Yeah, you're right. Um, and so, would would I have kicked it deep? Probably. Um, but, but but here's the here's the point. Like, when is a good time for that? I mean, that's what that, that's what everybody's complaining about is the timing of the timing seemed weird. The timing well, was of course the of course it's going to be an odd timing because <laughs> you're not going to do it when people are expecting you to do it. Yeah, you're not up. I mean, if you're going to go for it when you're up. It's called a surprise onside kick for a reason. You, you're not. You're doing it when nobody's expecting you to do it. Like bad timing would have been if there's six minutes left in the game and you're up eleven and you go do. Hey, that. at least it was an attempted onside kick and not a guy falling on his ass kicking the ball sideways. Yeah. But 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 and all in all, that's obviously got a lot of pub. The, the biggest storyline out of this game was the complete lack of defense. I mean, Nebraska gave up over 500 yards total offense against Northwestern. That was only the second time they have done that since 2018 season. So you have to go back to 2017. Um, I mean, the last time they, did, only other time they did that was against Maryland in 2020. And you remember how bad that Maryland defense was that year. And that was a, I mean, a year that we kind of thought Northwestern's offense was a little bit better than we projected initially this year. So. I, I don't know what this means for Northwestern, how good their offense is, um, or how bad our defense is. What I do know is that my my thought of being a top twenty defense just kind of went down the toilet. Well, how bad? You know, we did our pre Northwestern preview episode last week. How bad did we misjudge this Northwestern team? Everywhere from offense, and especially Ryan Holinsky, who had the I mean, talk about a game. That dude was on fire. He was 27 of 38 for 314 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, there was he started off 8 for 8 in that game. He could not miss. I mean, his receivers, they, they were making these receivers that we kind of mocked a little bit last week, saying that, you know, there's really no name receivers there. Uh, they had one Malik, uh, was it Malik Washington? Uh, well, they had that Navarro that came from Illinois. Illinois. Right. But I mean, none of these guys were like screaming like these are playmakers. 
But they were all playmakers that day. Malik Washington had 97 yards receiving with eight catches. I mean, all of them. Uh, the running backs, Evan Hull got involved. It was really impressive on what Ryan Helensky did. I mean, there were times where it looked like he was playing seven-on-seven seven versus the scout team. I mean, it, he was he was just picking Nebraska's defense yeah. apart. And, and I, I told Tyler this before we, before we started recording, but... If you'd have told me before this game that Ryan Holinsky threw the ball 38 times, I'd have said we had a huge lead and probably six or seven sacks on this team. Yeah. And, and, and the last time, and again, the last time he threw the ball was roughly about uh, the 12-minute mark in the fourth quarter. He basically went one full quarter and didn't even attempt to pass. And he still <laughs> threw for over 300 yards. Yeah. I mean, like there, there is no reason to believe um, he couldn't have thrown for 400 yards passing. And another trivia fact for today, do you know the last time Northwestern had 400 yards passing? 400? Or th- yes. Or even 300 yards passing. How about that? It doesn't matter. It was 2018 Nebraska. It was the last time they had a 300-yard passing oh, really? game. And they went for 400 in that game. Wow. So, I mean, it's it just... it. This was a um, a unique... Northwestern offense on Saturday. Um, and I will say, again, to kind of be on glass half full a little bit, I did feel the collective sphincters of the whole Big Ten West tighten up after that game. They're like, oh, no, not again, Northwestern. We all doubted you. We all talked shit about you the last six months. Yeah. And I, I and I will say this. I, I expected Northwestern's offensive line to be good. But they were great. They were great. They they were great. I, I I knew they had a lot of returning starters, and that that is something you can count on. If uh, Fitzgerald has a lot of returning starters, that position group's going to be good. And, and again, I think we all doubted because how bad Helinski was last year that he's like we didn't even count him as a returning starter. We're like, oh, he just sucked. For, I mean, we had we had uh, Chappie on talking about Sullivan. Does it look like Sullivan's going to get a shot anytime soon? Like, Helensky's got that job in the bag for weeks to come right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's... It, it, would, it would take a major meltdown. So, both teams, both of these teams were 3-9 and nine last year. And everyone says that Nebraska was the best 3-9 and nine team. This is kind of like the uh, championship game between 3-9 and nine teams. Does Northwestern, do they win the 3-9 and nine championship here? Well, I, I don't want to compare last year, but they, they won on Saturday. They won on Saturday. Uh, what about on Nebraska players that we did not see, th- players that we thought we would see and did not see? Uh, Ramir Johnson comes to mind. I think uh, a lot of us had Ramir Johnson pegged for some good playing time in this game. The coaches alluded, you know, all fall camp that he's a leader. They said all the right things about Ramir Johnson. Uh, and the uh, versatility of what he can do on ru- uh, running the ball, catching the ball. What do you think of that there, Tyler? I, saying unexcusable um, might be a too strong of a word, but I felt Ramir Johnson was our best running back last year. I think Anthony Grant showed up. Um, we'll talk probably a little bit more about him when we give out our grades, but I think he played a really good game, so probably showed it, but we didn't see anything. A.J. Allen was fine, but there, there's no reason why, there, there was no reason why Ramir Johnson didn't get playing time. 
on Saturday, especially when Volkluck went down. We needed something different on offense. We needed another weapon on the outside. We needed something and a safety net, something to help. And I, I just, it is the second most baffling personnel decision of the, the game. Derek, what about you? Well, I, I'm going to disagree with Tyler on A.J. Allen. He didn't look fine to me. He ran three times for eight yards for 2.3 yards of carry. I, well, fair I enough. I mean, he, he didn't look good. Well, I think uh, but but neither, did, neither did Jacques Gent. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think you needed to see Ramir Johnson. You, you, you more or less created a position for him, the wide back position, whatever you want to call it. Wide back, yep. I mean, you, you, you created a position for this guy, and you didn't play him. Yeah, he got coach fucked is what he did. I mean, they they created a position for him. They built him up saying how great he is at running back and wide receiver, and he was so good at those they decided not to use him at all. <laughs> I, I will say this is where this is where and it wasn't just him. It was Gabe Irvin. Gabe Irvin, yeah. You throw you throw him in front of the. Hold on, Tyler. You throw him in front of the media, giving everybody the expectation that you're going to see him play, and he got zero snaps. Well, so this kind of goes to the whole thing about who's talking and what the coaches say. And, and again, I should know better than this, but to take everything I, like that with a grain of salt. I, I would love you to tell me the last time a player spoke in front of the media and didn't play in that game. Yeah, it's kind of perplexing I mean, why they would even send him out to talk to him. You know, a couple of days before the game. I mean, it's I mean, like why not throw Matt Masker out there to talk to him? I yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't understand it. Um, but again, that that doesn't even make my top three shocking personnel decisions. All right, let's hear the others. My, my number one was safeties. I mean, we we heard all camp about how we had depth in that room. Marcus Buford played according to PFF every single snap. And our safeties all game were not lined up in the right spot. They couldn't defend anything. Like, missed tackles. Missed tackles. Uh, and I blame Shenander on some of that. Especially in that fourth quarter when we're trying to stop the run and you got those safeties 15 yards deep. Like, get those guys up there. Let's stop the run. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That, that's fair on part, some part of that. Part of that was... Part of that scheme. I mean, that wasn't all just the safeties. But I, I mean, don't there were a lot of missed tackles. I get it, I, and it's. I'm not excusing that. So, so, there was a lot of bad execution on this defense. I, I just but there, there there was some bad play calling on this defense too. I, I believe all, all of that's fair, Derek. I just I don't understand how you you know again coach speak. They're good. they finally have guys that you can rotate. You feel better about the depth, and it wasn't like like linebackers. Another perplexing one where we saw very limited rotation at linebackers. But at least I can say, well, you have two potentially going into the season all Big Ten guys. You didn't have that at safety. It wasn't like safety was like, man, you can't take out the returning starters at all because you didn't have them. There are two new starters. Like, well, and, to, and, to, and take the PFF grades, or the snap counts, a little with a grain of salt because they also had those two backers – playing every single snap too. And Clements got in, I believe, for like 13 plays and yeah. Hausman was in for nine. I mean, it wasn't much, but 
they got zero. This, I, I they got not, zero credit from the PFF. I'll say this: I did not see Noah Pola Gates or Singleton in that game. I, I didn't either. But I, I was hell. They were off the screen most of the time. I didn't get a chance to see if they who was in at safety. Yeah, I mean, because they had him play. They had him playing so deep all game. Well, if the drop off, if the drop off between those guys uh, and Omar Brown and uh, Miles Farmer and uh, oh shoot, help me out here. <laughs> Marquise Buford. Mark Buford, right. Thank you. Uh, if the if the separation is that high, I mean, you're not going to see him because those but, guys but how, but how do you, how that do you know the separation is? Yeah. Because, because the safeties were so bad in this game. And I, I don't blame the safeties entirely because they had them playing way too off the, too far off the line. But, but there's they, a... They, it, every, even in the passing plays, it was like, geez, they're just tearing up the middle of the field because our safeties are so far back and our linebackers can't cover these slot receivers. Yeah. All right, Tyler, what were some of your other personnel questions? Well, I, I, I mean, I, it kind of goes down to the end of the game and um, on offense. W- once Travis Vokluck went down, I, I don't know why we put another tight end in the game. Unless you're going to run block with him, I, I mean, there, there is no other tight end. And why we decided not to go more wide receiver heavy or put Ramir Johnson in, and, and that kind of leads into the last possession, peace and love. Why is Wyatt Lever in the game? Like, he took a handful of snaps all game, and you're like, oh, it's the most critical drive of the game. Let's put him in. Like, I, I don't... But to, but to be fair, Wyatt Lever, while not the most athletic wide receiver we have by any stretch of imagination... He has proven in the past to have solid hands. Well, Tyler, who did you want on the field at that I, point? I wanted who I would have wanted in the end of the game was Ramir Johnson, uh, Trey Palmer, Washington, and Latte Brown. So Trey Palmer, Marcus Washington, and IGC, they were all on the field along with Wyatt Lever on that last on that interception there. They, they got were, Wyatt Lever. Put in Brody Belt. Put in I mean Again, I, Wyatt Lever has proven himself to have good hands. He's not the most athletic guy. He's not going to burn you. He's not going to overpower you. But most generally speaking, he's going to catch the ball. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. For, and for if that point of the game when you're just trying to get first downs, I, I don't have a problem with him. I don't have, I have, have a problem with it either. I, I just I, I don't understand why you're putting your third-string wide receiver in the game at that juncture. I mean... Yeah. That, that, I, that I think that's a little harsh, but <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I just that that's kind of my state. I, I just, I, I just, I, but the tight end back to that. I just what, what now, once Travis Volkluck went so out. It I'm, was, I'm, just like what you said about the onside kick, you're only pissed because it didn't work with Wyatt Lever out there. I mean, that's it. If anyone and, and you and would have say, said, "Yep, Wyatt Lever is the right man for, for the sure, job," if you would have had a game-breaking catch and took it to the house, I'd been like. Why wasn't Wyatt Lever playing the whole game? Probably what I would have said, but <laughs> yep, that's that's I, true. I, I too. will say I will say this, I, and I will put that interception on Wyatt Lever. Ooh, one hundred, uh, probably ninety percent. It was kind of that behind ball, him. That that it was that behind went, high. Yeah, it went through. It went through both your hands. I, I get it. You had to. Tr- yeah, that's that's a that's a at tough a bare, catch. At a, bare, at a bare minimum, you need to knock that ball down. You can't let it go through both your hands, and then just let it go to a. a defensive back I, I i'd probably give it closer to a 50 50 maybe maybe i'd go 60 40 lever but because i do agree he should he should have not he got a hit you gotta make contact but 
I, I don't know. I, I think that's well, a pretty. Yeah. I, I, well, and I blame Oliver Martin for the other wider, other interception. I don't he know. Short arm, he short armed the hell out of that. I, I, I don't know if I blame Oliver Martin on that one either. I, I do. He short-armed the hell out of it. He never even extended his arms to try I, and do anything with that ball. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I think I think it was I it wasn't a perfect pass by any stretch of imagination, but Well, so I mean all, as, all a, of this as is, a receiver, you gotta give it all your effort. And he didn't seem I, I don't know. We do have he a just, theme going on here because Casey Thompson, he was not crisp in the second half by no means. I mean no. five four five four I, nineteen. I mean, that just proves that he was not that accurate. I mean, there was times, and I even texted you guys during the game, I was like, wow, Casey Thompson's starting to look a lot like Adrian Martinez here. He was missing people bad at times. And even some of the throws, I mean, they, they weren't on target at all. And there And I agree with that. I, there, there were some drops in the game. Uh, that, that, the one play that just absolutely blew me away was when he overthrew Trey Palmer. Uh, in that third quarter after they scored that touchdown after the onside kick. And we went for that deep pass, and he had the guy beat by three steps. Yeah. No, all you had to do was just get it to the fastest guy on the field. Because he's, he's not and, that and, fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. He, he overthrew him. I mean, he just – he he did. I, and I'm not saying that that Trey Paul – or, uh, I'm sorry, Casey Thompson was was had no fault in those interceptions, but – Right. I definitely think the wide receivers could have helped him out a little bit. We're going a bit long here. I didn't think we'd go this long, but uh, we got a lot to get into. Let's talk about some red flags that you saw out of this game. Derek, what are some of your red flags that you saw out of this game? Um, all of defense. All of defense. Like, I don't know. It was just so mind-blowing how bad this defense played. Because I really did. I was with Tyler. I, I didn't know if I, they were going to be as good as what Tyler thought they were going to be. But I did Top think they were probably going to be. I, I thought they would at least be the strength of this de- of this team. I, I thought they would lead the way. And the lack of pass rush, holy Jesus. I, and we talked about this, guys. We talked about this before any of this season. Like, we're going to have the best pass rush that we've had in a long time. But if that's not true, this defense could really struggle. Another Tyler prediction was forty sacks. Yeah, forty sacks. I'm, I'm wrong. They could. They could still do it. They could. St- they could still do it. They get ten sacks in a game, maybe. I mean, you never. You never know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Derek, you're right. I mean, the pass rush was one A or one B. In my biggest. I mean, and again, some credit to Northwestern offensive line. Like, it, I, it, hey, absolutely, absolutely. And and I, I really honestly don't blame Garrett Nelson for the most part. Because he was going up against an all-American tackle, he's he's an NF, he's going to be an NFL tackle. He's a damn good tackle, but the other side of the ball where O'Shawn Mathis and Caleb Tanner were, there was just nothing. And I don't think that other tackle was uh, quite all-American, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I will say again, credit to offensive line. I also give credit to Helensky. I mean, he he got the ball out quickly. He never hesitated in the pocket. I mean, not that we got close, but not not only did we only have no sacks, one hurry. we only had one hurry. But but there wasn't a there. I mean, there wasn't. I'm gonna contradict myself. Like there wasn't a like there wasn't one of those series where he sat back there for eight seconds, like waiting to find someone open. He got rid of the ball fairly quickly. You know why? Because we couldn't cover for shit. Wide open. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, that goes that. So, no, I think that's a good red flag. I, I'll, I'll give my red flag. I, It has to go to the Casey Thompson and the passing attack. Really? And, be, and, and the reason is, is I kind of made peace with going into the year thinking, yeah, Casey Thompson might be a small downgrade from Adrian Martinez. But the one thing that I was like, he, he, is, he can't be as anti-clutch as Adrian Martinez. He just can't be. And when you end the game going 5 for 19, down the stretch, two interceptions, again, whether it's all his fault, I say the whole passing game because it's not just him. Um, I, I just left that game thinking, I, I just needed, I don't need you to play better in the crunch. I don't need a miracle man. I don't need Tom Brady. Just don't. Be awful. Don't play your worst, worst football in the most critical moments. And he he and they. Again, I don't blame him entirely. I certainly don't blame him entirely. Uh, but when I left that game, like, I feel like, and I don't know what Justin's red flag, I feel like some of this stuff is fixable. I actually think even pass rush is fixable. I, I'm a little worried if the clutch gene is a fixable thing in that passing attack late in the games. I'm just going to skip my red flag because, I mean, you just covered, like, basically, like, two-thirds of the, t- of the team. All of defense, the passing. The only thing that's left is, uh, well, we'll skip special teams. We'll, great, we'll talk about that separately. But, I mean, it's, it's the rushing attack, and I didn't feel good about the rushing game. So, basically, we're saying there's there's red flags all over the place with this team. I, I mean, you can leave. There's not many green flags. Like, so, I mean, we, we did see like, some positives. I mean, yeah, you did. Not you a lot. Them on one, you can count them on one hand. <laughs> but you saw them. Yeah. Anthony Grant was a, was a green flag. Yeah. The, the discipline on this team was a, was a green flag. 100%. One penalty, five yards. I, I honestly think that the offensive line was pretty decent. And, and well. here's the thing. Like, PFF grades... I mean, I know Turner Corcoran and, and, and Teddy Prohaska didn't grade out well. But here's the thing. If I had told you that Prohaska was going to struggle a little bit in his first game after being hurt for a year and Turner Corcoran was going to struggle a little bit from switching positions, I wouldn't have been shocked. Where I was shocked was the fact that Bryce Benhart and Brock Bando graded over 70 on pass protection. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I and look, I, I felt that there was a pretty pretty clean pocket for Casey Thompson most of the game. Yeah, I mean, you, Justin, I know you kind of talked about it. You know, he had to step into the pocket a little bit more, but at least there was sure, a pocket that's to step I mean, into. That's, that's what good quarterbacks do, though. I mean, they have but the, the least, awareness. I, no, 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 no. That's 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 that, that's fine. But the thing is, he had a pocket to step into. Last year, Adrian Martinez a lot of times didn't have a pocket to even step back into because that whole offensive line just collapsed. Yeah. No, I, 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 so, I, I mean, he at least, at least he had a pocket. I, the, 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 the it, here's the thing that, that just blows me away about the offensive line was we heard all, all fall, how the pass protection wasn't very good. They were going to struggle. And I thought that was a way better part than the run protection, which was supposed to be improved. And it looked, did not look improved at all. Well, well, and let me defend the offensive line to a degree. Um, and I, and I know Frost took a little bit of flack for this comment, but it does go a little bit in the play calling. Where it does. It, 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 it certainly it, did not look like we did not try to use speed to get it to the outside. Like our no. run, our run was like, let's go between A and B gap all game. 
All day. Like, we never and, ran and the, off the, tackle, never ran we, outside. No, no, we ran one off tackle. And it went for a 41-yard touchdown. I mean, it, it was a lot of right up the middle, right up the gut. And again, I, and I don't completely fault Whipple for that because I honestly thought that would have worked, especially late in the game. We actually could have maybe worn them down up front. Cause I would have, I would have loved to have seen at least some misdirection or, and Frost has always had a lot of misdirection in his run game. Yeah, or an or a read option to get to the outside. So, something there was just nothing. It, it the, the run plays were just so predictable. It was it was ISO and traps and there and there was just nothing to it. Yeah, there's so much that I want to add, but we got to move on. Let's move on to our grades here. Uh, we're going to grade passing offense, rushing offense, passing defense, rushing defense, special teams, and overall team grade. Let's start off with passing offense, Derek. Uh, I gave it a C plus. I, I felt the first half and in in that first drive, of the, the first couple drives of the, of the second half, if they could have just finished there, I'd have given it a damn A easily. Unfortunately, I had to grade it for the rest of the game, and that was an F. So I just kind of averaged it out and gave him a C plus. Tyler, we're aligned. I did C plus also. I mean, I I think that I mean, you said it well. First half was an A. Second half struggled. Overall, C plus. I had it as a B minus for same reasons. I mean, first half looked it was an obvious A, and there were definitely some struggles there in the second half. You know, Volkleit going and, down didn't help. But and, and again, like I I want, I want just. I'm sorry. I, I do want to give the offensive line a little bit of credit. They only gave up three hurries and two sacks. And the one sack was really on Casey Thompson, looking like Wiley Coyote falling off a cliff. But Northwestern, they didn't blitz. They no, weren't sending but, anybody. I mean, no, but they didn't need to. It, it, it held up. I mean, anyway, if you, if you told me our offensive line could hold up even without a blitz, I, I mean, there was. I mean, I yeah, had my if, doubts if at you times. T- you tell me we throw 42 times and only give up two sacks? I'm pretty pleased with that. It's a lot better than we did last year. All right, what about rushing offense, Derek? Oh, man, rushing offense. I, I went with a D-plus here. Uh, Grant looked really good, but, I mean, 41 yards was on one play. And outside of that play, he was okay. And everybody else was, was bad. I The blocking didn't look great. Uh I, I there there were times I thought the blocking looked okay, and then the running backs missed the hole. There I know there was one where uh, AJ Allen just there was a hole you could drove a truck through, and he ran to the A gap instead of going through the big hole. They got now, hit maybe in the, the backfield block, a lot too. Yeah, they and they did, and they just I was not impressed with the run game at all. Tyler, I think I feel like Derek, you uh, copied my paper. I I've had a D plus also. Uh, all the reasons you outlined. Um, and again, you know, this is where you missed the Adrian Martinez factor. Um, we, we thought that was a possibility that could happen. We brought Logan Smothers in one play. I think had our second longest run of the game with Logan Smothers at seven yards. And, you know, I, I think we definitely missed it with Casey Thompson only taking one forward rushing to get t- attempt the whole game. And that was after that first interception. And to be real honest with you, I'd have been perfectly fine if they had left Logan Smothers in for the rest of that drive. Especially when you get seven yards. Of, I mean, I don't know. Or at least go back to that at some point. Like, Yeah, I, I mean, maybe if they start looking like they're going to stop it, maybe you pull them out. But I, I'm not pulling them out after a seven-yard run. 
And then we had a 15-yard face mask. It was a first down. I mean, it, it would have been interesting if they went a little bit aggressive, fast tempo with him in to see if that could have been something. But, yeah, D+. Plus. Yeah, I had D plus also. There's just uh, the lack of plays and the fact that, you know, running backs were getting smacked in the backfield. I mean, it's this it's a worse rushing attack than what we saw last year. And I didn't think that was going to be possible. I figured, you know, things that we heard this uh, this fall it- – Another banana in the, fun- in the tailpipe. <laughs> Another but, more hyperbole I- from Frost. They're getting off the ball really well and they're kicking ass, but apparently they were going against our defense. That's why they look good. Uh, yeah, but the funny thing is PFF grades gave the offensive line better grades on run blocking than pass protection, especially, especially Corker and Prohaska. Uh, they, they ranked 40, they rate graded out at 49 and 46 compared to the 24 and 31 at the end pass pro. Yeah, but for offensive line, like 50 is average. I mean, there's, that's still below average. So, just barely, I mean, Kirkwood's barely below average. And the, and the other three, and uh, Hicks and Bando and, and Benhart all, all uh, graded above 50. Not by much. So they were at least average. So four out of the five of them were, I mean, close to average. Prohaska had a lot of rusty ease to work off, but. He'll be fine, but but I will say that. But, but, but it's, it's a, it, what I guess where I'm getting at is if you're telling me that we have at least average blocking on on run on the on the rushing attack, but we can't get any yards, might be another red flag, I guess. Well, I, I will say this: the other thing that reason why I probably did grade the running game lower is a little bit of expectations. Um, I, I'm not shocked to see first game of the year, new running backs. I mean. A.J. Allen taking his first D1 snaps going for 100 yards. Like, I mean, I know it wasn't pretty always, but, like, I, I don't know if I would I would have not given him a 100-yard day going into the game. You're talking about Anthony Grant, not A.J. Allen. I, yeah, I don't know what I said, but, yes. <laughs> All right. But, but I do agree. I mean, Grant was a, a bright spot. And it was I 19 mean, carries. It wasn't like, hey, man, so... Just, yeah. just to ridicule something, the, the depth chart for North Dakota came out today, and like there's five running backs with all oars. I mean, is it not obvious that Anthony Grant's our number one guy? Or maybe maybe it isn't. I don't know. I thought that was funny. All right, let's grade our passing defense. Derek. D minus. D minus. Wow. D-. Okay. Man, those wide receivers were wide open. We had we had no coverage. We were playing soft coverage all damn game. I, that secondary was playing so deep all game, and I, I could not figure out why Shenander was not bringing those guys up. The linebackers had no shot at, blo- at, at covering these slot receivers. Uh, just there was no pass rush. We already talked about that. I I, I, I seen nothing good out of, the, out of the pass defense. Yeah, we're gonna play a lot. Of, we're gonna play a lot better wide receivers. Uh, maybe not this week, but. Down the road, so yeah, that, interesting. Uh, Tyler, F. Um, Good F. Yeah, I mean, they had I could have I could have gone F. I just chose not to be that negative. I mean, they they had three passes over fifty yards. Um, I mean, Helinski wasn't threatened at all. We already kind of talked about his day. I mean, no pass rush, one hurry. Seventy one percent of his passes. He completed seventy one percent of his passes. I mean it. 
for 314 yards. That blows me away. I cannot believe our pass defense was that terrible. Okay, I'm slightly above you guys, not much. I mean, I'm I'm at a D. Uh, There's a lot of things that go together with this. Uh, Lack of pass rush. All the guys... We, Tyler, I never saw your NASCAR pack package. Maybe they should have ran it. Maybe they I mean, should did, have ran it. Did, didn't we hear that they were going to do a package with uh, Tanner, Mathis, and Garrett, another coach thing? I guess they're saving like it. Tyler. I guess they're they, saving it. Yeah. I, 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 and I will say this, and maybe the, I'll probably be a little harsh after one game, uh, but can we not have Kalarovic out there and just leave Gifford in? Ooh, you Really? So, I was not impressed with Kalarvik. I'm not that harsh. I, mean, was, I thought Kalarvik He was missing some... tackles. He wasn't covering. I I wasn't impressed. I mean, if you're going to say that, you might as well say that about Nick Henrich also. And you can say that about Gifford. I didn't think Gifford played an excellent game. I thought Gifford played should... a really good game. Oh, I thought I thought those two were pretty interchangeable. I thought Kalarvik was maybe a little bit worse. I, I, I didn't see him as... He, he missed as... some tackles. But who didn't miss tackles on that defense? I mean, so... Uh, you know, Quentin Newsom talked about today in the uh, post-conference is like they didn't work much on tackling when they got to Ireland because they wanted to stay fresh for the game. So there was always talk that they weren't in pads at all while they were in uh, Ireland. So Not confirmed. Not confirmed, but there was talk that they were not in pads, but Quentin Newsom said that, that they weren't practicing tackling. Uh okay. But, but I, I'll say this, though. We've also heard a lot of other talk about things that happened at Ireland and things that have gone on. And, like, the, the I mean, Justin, I remember before the game, Ben Hart's not playing. He's out with the flu. Heard it on Hell Varsity Radio that morning, ca- yeah. Because a, a casino fight occurred. Uh, Scott wow. Frost went out on a bender the night before. That, that, was, that was Dr. Rob Zatica putting out the, the, the casino thing, I guess. But I mean, there there's a lot of talk that, and, may, and maybe some of it's true, and we just no one knows. But I mean, largely have been debunked. Uh, all the spec. Omar Manning had a torn meniscus in his knee, and out. I mean, a lot of stuff had been leaked, and the truth rate is low. I, I say that to to you know, kind of point out that like. I don't know. I maybe they didn't. But what's the believable? Pass. Did you see the tackling in there? <laughs> well, I mean, it's also believable they all were at a casino. To, it was a varsity blue situation. I mean, that was. I mean, <laughs> it's I that damn like that Guinness, was, man. They went and drank all that Guinness and just uh, shit the bed. Yeah, I mean, I'm shocked I didn't see more puking on the field from the hangover. But <laughs> I mean, fifteen to twenty pukes. All right. Uh, so I had D for passing defense, rushing defense, Derek. I went with a C minus here. Uh, probably could have went been a little more harsh, uh, but I, but I'll say this: I think in the first half they did a fairly decent job of stopping the run, and I think in the in the second half they started out stopping the run okay, but man, as the game went on, you could tell those guys wore out, and they had no way of stopping the run. Tyler, I went D plus. Um, a couple, I guess the the reason why I didn't go lower is I, I do think Northwestern has a good rushing attack. I kind of thought that going into the year, so it's not shocking they had success. The reason I guess I went that low wasn't just that we got beat physically. I, I was really disappointed at our linebacker play. I, I, I felt like it, maybe this has to do with our defensive line allowing the linemen to get on it, but man, they sure seemed like they were missing gaps and missing holes and not getting around blockers. And Reimer did, played okay, though. He played okay, but not 
but not what we expect from him. Like, I mean, he put he played fine, but we. I mean, I'm used to all Big Ten caliber play from him, yeah. and that wasn't that. So, uh, he played serviceable, but yeah. yeah, I'm with you, Tyler. I have D plus also. You know, we kind of hinted on this podcast that the the interior defensive line could be at risk, and they got exposed. I mean, we're going to be playing some really good... uh, I mean, shoot, I'm not going to take away from Cam Porter and Evan Hall. They they were a really good one-two punch running backs, but we're going to play a lot more good running backs this year. I don't know about better. I don't know if we're going to play a lot much better. But th- I mean, this yeah. won't be our only test. This won't yeah. be our only test. And we're going to play some against some pretty good offensive lines down the stretch, also. So uh, they they did not the defensive line and just that front seven against the rush. They did not hold up their own at all. Not to what I thought that they would. Yeah, they were disappointed. So I had D plus. All right, uh, really quick, Derek's rank special teams. Uh, special teams, I gave a B minus. I actually thought it was actually better than what I expected. Uh, our punter looked solid, averaging 47 yards a punt. Our extra points were right down the middle every single time. Uh, we fair caught every punt pretty much, which whatever. Uh, kick return, we had, I mean, Trey Palmer had a 25-yard return. Uh, we, we fair caught a lot of those too. I didn't expect to see a complete 180 on these special teams. And I thought they did what I expected them to do. Tyler. Yeah. Well, this is where we stopped Cochrane. I had a D plus D plus. Uh, I'm with you on the punting. Look good, but we had one field goal attempt. We missed it. Come on. It was a 57 yard field goal, dude. I think it was 56. Um, I couldn't exactly you're, tell. You're really going to, you're really going to fault him for missing a 56. I'm not like, I mean, I'm not panicking, but, but, but he's, he, but, he, and it wasn't even our normal field goal kicker. It was Brandon Frankie, who's supposed to be our kickoff specialist. He's the guy that botched the onside kick. That, that, and he can't that, kick deep or short. And, and, and that's the, the other reason for the huge. I kid, I kid. I mean, one of the pivotal plays of the game was the onside failed execution that falls on special teams. Yeah. D plus. All right. I have B minus. Uh, punt was great. I agree with there. Uh, I had higher expectations for the return game. I wasn't impressed with the return game. The punt returns is basically an, uh, a fair catch audition, you know? I mean, they rolled out Oliver Martin, IGC, and Trey Palmer. I don't know. Maybe there was another one in there. But they just all went back there to fair catch. Uh, but that's fine. You know what? B-minus is still above average, so I'll, I'll, I'll take it. As bad as our special teams have been, that's fine. Uh, overall team grade? Derek, I, I went with a C minus. You lose the game. Prob- I mean, I, I, I got I got nothing for it. I, I went C minus. Probably could have went with D. I don't know. Okay, Tyler, I went D plus. Um, a lot of D pluses for me, but um, yeah, I mean, kind of the same thing that Derek said. We lost the game. I, I didn't leave thinking there was a lot of bright spots in this team in this performance. Um, Hats off to Northwestern, though. I do think Northwestern played a hell of a game, and trust me, I've, I've kind of started looking at them as like maybe an eight nine win team. And I don't know. I, I think that there's it, it's it was a good opponent on a neutral site. Um, Time will tell. We'll see what they do uh, in two weeks when after this bye week for yeah. them. 
so Tanner, what is your revised record prediction? You came in at eight and four before the year. Now that you saw Nebraska live in action, how does that change? I, I mean, I, I guess I will say at. I mean, I would say six and six or seven and five. Um, I, I'm, I'm not. I, it, it was one game. We had no data points on either team. I'm choosing to believe that Northwestern is better than. I thought I, I think that weighs more, so so I guess I would go seven and five. Um, okay, so th- this was just the only loss. The rest of the wins that you had calculated before the year, you think they win those? I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, I I, I said I, I'm seven and five, six and six is kind of where my head's at right now. What about you, Derek? I, I dropped down to probably about the same as Tyler, six and six, seven and five. But I had us at nine, so yeah. I, but I, but yeah, I think I, I definitely think we're going to be hurting to. It'll be tough to get to the eight wins now. I mean, I, I don't see a scenario. You're going to have to beat somebody you're not supposed to beat at this point to get to the eight wins. Yeah, and I originally had us at seven and five, and I think at best it's five and seven. There's just so many red flags on this team. I mean, we just named three quarters of the team as red flags, and for all of that to be fixed really soon. It's just, I mean, there obviously was a lot of hyperbole this fall camp for us to come up with these astronomical numbers, but it's the same thing that we've seen I, the I last think, four years. Well, we, we've got, we've got game. I, again, I, I don't want to make a, I, let's not like make this game a referendum on the whole season. I think that it is just a really lazy take is to say, well, I mean, this game didn't go our way. The whole season's done. I just, I think that you, there, I, I guess the only data point. We have two games coming up here. We're about to break down North Dakota. Let's see if we can get some things going, some gelling going. Then we get Oklahoma, and that will be a really big litmus test about where we are. So real quick before we move on to North Dakota, uh, Frost has been, you know, he's always in the news for something, right? So now his job is coming up. I mean, as soon as you look at this, do you think that Frost is the right guy for this program? After you see what we started off this first game, Tyler? I hate that question. I hate that question. I hate that question. I hate that question. That is the most annoying thing in the world. It is lazy journalism. But, but it's it a is, topic. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a topic. It is, it is the woke culture. It's like, oh my God, one game. It is the stupidest thing. I just wish everyone that only wants to talk about coaching changes after one game would just stop watching sports. It is just the most annoying thing in the world. It's a lazy thing. We have 11 more games. We did this with Mike Riley. It drove me crazy then. It's not just me being a frost homer. I've been very annoyed every time we do this in September talking about coaching changes. Like, I don't... It's it's people trying to get clicks. It's all clickbait material. Like, it is just a stupid wow. conversation. Let the season play out. Let the season play out a little bit. Get to October. To, to be fair, Tyler, it's not September. It's only August. Fair enough. <laughs> You're right. I mean, so what about you, Derek? Tyler won't answer, but I mean, I, I, I know where he stands. But do you think Scott Frost is the right guy for the the Nebraska job? I, I, st- I still believe he can be the guy, but I, I'm definitely leaning more towards this might might be time to move on. Uh, it depends on what this season does. Like, I, I, I'm gonna tell you right now, if if somehow, some way, we end up beating Oklahoma, everyone's gonna forget about this Northwestern game. It ain't gonna mean shit. Yeah. Uh, 
And, and, and here's the thing. I, th- I think our offense is going to continue to get way better. These, these coaches are going to continue to gel together. I, I think the offensive line is going to continue to improve. Look, because if, if I can get Ben Hart and Bando to play as good as they did, and then all of a sudden I get uh, Corcoran and uh, Prohaska to start playing up to their potential again, I, I mean, dude, this offensive line could be pretty damn good. And if that if that happens, then I then I believe full, full wholeheartedly that this offense is going to be tough to stop. And I, I and I still believe in Coach Chins. I think he's a good coach, and I don't think he's going to allow this defense to just fall apart and be this shitty in every game this season. All right, uh, let's move on to North Dakota. Uh, they were five and six last year. This year, the FCS poll came out. They have two votes in the top twenty-five. Uh, currently. Uh, Nebraska is 21 and a half point favorites. The over under on this game is 48 and a half. Uh, looking at North Dakota in 2022, they returned seven on offense and four on defense. Uh, they have a returning quarterback, Tommy Schuster. Uh, he completed 65% of his yards. Uh, I'm sorry. He, he finished with 2,493 yards last year, completing 65%. He had a 13-7 touchdown-to-interception ratio last year. Uh, Running backs, they lose their top running back, but their next two, uh, they return. Uh, And they also added a Northern Iowa transfer, Tyler Hoosman. Uh, The receivers, six of their top nine are back, including uh, his name is Bolquist. I don't have his first name. Bolquist, but he had 535. It's Bo. Bo. Bo Bolquist. Okay. Uh, He had 535 yards last year. Uh, They also have a six foot six sophomore, Elijah Klein. He had battled injuries last year, but uh, he could have a breakout season. So they got a big bodied guy out there. Uh, They they have another one that uh, Adam Zavalani. The tight end, yeah. The also, tight end. He, he had he had four t- four touchdowns last year with his using his height to his advantage. Uh, he, he had twenty receptions, only three hundred three yards, but they used him a lot in the red zone. So this is the deepest receiving court that they've had in years. So on offense, they don't look too bad, right? Uh, their offensive line, uh, they did lose the first team FCS All American. Uh, he was who was drafted in the fifth round by Dallas, and they lost their center, but they still return a whole bunch of dudes on that offensive line, and they'll probably be really good. Uh, now where it gets bad is defense. Uh, the thing is, going back to offense so a little bit, they sound a lot like Nebraska last year. Yeah, they ranked th- they ranked thirty third in total offense, but. 73rd in scoring offense. Yeah. So they move the ball really well, but getting into the end zone is a little bit of a struggle for them. Yeah, they, they played some teams really tough last year. Lost some close ones. To include ones. Utah State, who they were up 21 to 20 at halftime. You're right. To include, I believe, a 21 to nothing lead at one point. Yep. So they got the offensive things to do it, but where their, their defense is not good. Last year they allowed 139 yards per game running the ball, but they had. 26 sacks, two starters return on this defensive line. Uh, linebackers, 
this is you know they have they took a lot of losses so this is going to be a big concern for them and it doesn't get any better when it comes back to defensive backs uh they lose their top three guys from uh their secondary last year so that's another concern uh i don't know when, when you Derek, feel free to add uh any more to this defense here i'm just kind of glossing through it because None of us have ever watched North Dakota play football no, in life. And, I, and I'm not. I'm not going to. Compl- I'm not going to claim that I have uh, this corner. The cornerback that is returning, C.J. Siegel, uh, he is a three-year starter, and he does have, I believe, a handful of, of interceptions and I believe 15 pass breakups in his career. Uh, so, so he's done himself some good at, at, there at North Dakota. Uh, one of the defensive ends started about half the year. Uh, filling in for a guy with an injury. They're, they're a little undersized, though. I mean, their nose tackles only 290 pounds. Their two defensive ends are 255 and 240 pounds. Uh, really, our offensive line should have their way with these guys size-wise. I don't know how they are speed-wise. Uh, but size-wise, we, we definitely should have the a, a large uh, advantage here. Uh, last year they did have a really good defense though. And I, they did lose a lot of it because they were 22nd in scoring defense. They were only giving up 20 points a game, uh, 30th in total defense, only giving up 336 yards a game. Uh, 20, they were 27th best pass defense. And I, I that's not something that bodes well for Nebraska right now. If we're going to be a, the pass happy team, we appear to be, uh, but again, I, it's going to be come down to size. I think, Nebraska has enough size to probably overcome their defense. Yeah, they got a pretty good coaching staff also. I mean, they got a consistent coaching staff. Bubba Schweigert, he's in his ninth year as head coach. Uh, he led North Dakota to three trips to the FCS playoffs in 2016, 19, and 20. Uh, he tied for two conference titles. They got a fourth-year OC and a third-year defensive coordinator. I mean, they have a consistent coaching staff, and they've done well in the past. Uh, but it, it'll be interesting. Tyler, uh, what worries you about this game against North Dakota, if anything? Well, I, I mean, I think that you look at the game, um, You know, there was concern going into the year how we would bounce back after a long flight back, a messed up week schedule, all that. You add in a couple injuries for Nebraska. Uh, Travis Vokalek right now is listed day-to-day. Um, he was a huge part. We didn't really probably even – we kind of glossed over him in kind of the recap, and he was a true bright spot of the team. He looked he better than any of us imagined, and even if you were high on him, I don't think you expected that. A um, little bit concerned there, especially as Derek mentioned, the uh, 27th-ranked pass defense in FCS last year. So so that does give me a little bit of concern. And, but, and generally – I guess whenever you come off an emotional loss, and especially that, you just worry about a little bit of a hangover, a little bit of baggage carrying over. Um, I, I would kind of point to those as my two biggest concerns: is do do we how bad do we miss Vokalek, and how do we respond uh, after that game? Derek, uh, I mean Tyler, you kind of hit it all. I think, uh, but the travel is definitely a concern. Uh, but the psyche of the team after that loss, I, I think that's number one concern for me. I, Scott Frost has done a very good job about not losing this team. 
And it, it's been a challenge because when you go three and nine, it's easy to lose a team. And he, he continued to not do that. So I don't think he'll lose a team here, but there's a lot man, of new, it's, there's it's, a not, lot of new players, a lot of new coaches. Yeah. And it's just, I, I don't, this game could be concerned, could be concerning if we come in and give it, maybe try too hard. You know what I mean? You come in and you're, you just want to prove a point, And then all of a sudden they knock you in the mouth. How do you respond to that? And you also have to look at North Dakota. You know that they were watching the game on Saturday. And they were probably licking their chops saying that we want our shot at this Nebraska team. They look beatable. Especially when they were watching the second half. This looks like a beatable team. Uh, and so, I mean, we're going to get North Dakota's best shot. There's There's some players from Nebraska on the team that, you know, I mean, it, it's going to be, it, it's going to be a, Good game, I think, for a little bit. <laughs> uh, Derek, what do you want to see out of Nebraska in this game? Uh, I want to see. I, I want to see some clean football like we seen last week. I want to see that continue. I want. I, I, I just want to see some sound defense. I, I want to see some aggression. I, I want them to take it out on this team. I, I don't. Want, I don't want to see anybody hurt by any means. But I, but I want to see some hard hits. I want to see some. I want to see this defense look like they give a shit again. Tyler? Well, you, you talk, we talk about losing this team. I think one of the reasons why that wouldn't happen is because of some of the leadership. I, I do trust Garrett Nelson, and I do trust Caleb Tanner. Um, and to the point of the defense, like I, I want to see this pass rush show any resemblance to what I thought going into the year. I mean, this is a game when I talked about 40 sacks, which obviously I'm wrong on. That I kind of penciled in is like, yeah, this is where we get some of those sacks is against North Dakota. Um, I, I think they're going to be passing often. I, I mean, they're they they've been a passing team. They're going to give us plenty of opportunities. Like, if, if they can't do it this Saturday, they're not going to do it this season. So I, I I really look at those leaders on the outside, really kind of making a statement and kind of resetting uh, the bar. Derek, how do you see the game playing out? I, you know, uh, I, I see. I could see this game starting off a little slow. Uh, Nebraska str- just struggling with uh, the 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 tiredness and the the lack of effort. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I can see it starting pretty slow though, and I think as the game goes on, I think I think our size and our talent level takes over and. Ends up not a close game. I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping. You don't sound too confident there, Derek. <laughs> I mean, this is an FCS opponent here. Well, I, 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 again, I really thought we would destroy Northwestern, and that didn't happen. So, what about you, Tanner? How do you see this game playing out? I, I think that Nebraska is going to find a rushing attack going into Saturday. I think that obviously all of our yards really primarily came in the air on uh, against Northwestern. I think we really find a rushing attack on Saturday. I think we've run the ball really well. Um, I do think passing in part because we do get it going on the ground in part because I think we do miss Travis Vokalek um, won't be near as gaudy. I don't think 350 yards is in Casey Thompson's future for Saturday. Um, so I do think kind of a step back there. And I think on defense, um, a really solid effort. I, again, I think they've got some playmakers on offense. They got a two-year starter 
think that he'll find a way to make a pass or two on our secondary, but I think we get after the quarterback early and we get after him often and um, we, we really play a kind of a defensive game that I kind of expected uh, Nebraska to play. I think offensively, I think we're really going to get off to a quick start. I'm not impressed by North Dakota's defense. And I, I just think any any issues that we had with the passing game and running game from Northwestern, I mean, we're going to come out of this game thinking like, yep, yeah, it's fixed. We're good. We are golden. We're going to beat up on them. I think they're just not as talented as we are. Uh, defensively, I, I think there's going to be I think North Dakota is going to have their moments against our defense. Uh, and I'm probably going to continue saying that until the defense proves me otherwise. But uh, I I don't know if they're going to make enough plays, but I think they'll make some plays to make it, you know, make it enough to cuss. I mean, it's not going to be like last week where I think I threw out more curse words than we had missed tackles. But I mean, it was it might have been a push last week. It's not going to be that bad. Curse word for every missed tackle. Oh my! It might be a correlation there. It it was pretty bad last week. I I don't think it's going to be this bad uh, this week, though. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I think we take care of business. Uh, There, it should should not be a problem. Uh, Maybe I'm going to change your opinion. I will be in attendance. Oh shit, Tyler! (laughs) North Dakota's winning. God damn it! All right, so I'm gonna have to, yeah, I'm gonna have to shrink this margin. Apparently, <laughs> Tyler, I don't know what your record is at Memorial Stadium, but it is not good when you're in attendance. I mean, to be fair, I went to college under Bill Callahan, and that wasn't good. And yeah, pretty much, not many games since have I been in attendance. So, okay, well, uh, <laughs> shit. all right, okay, <laughs> Tyler, what is your score prediction? Um, I got us winning 38 to 10. 38 to 10. Okay. Derek? Uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't even write down a score prediction. So I'm going to wing this a little bit. Uh, Way to be prepared, Derek. Yeah. I was prepared for the rest of it. What more do you want? The score prediction. Uh, That's what I'll go, uh, <laughs> I'll go 48 to 14. 48 14. Okay. Uh, I have 42-17. Again, we're, we're all in the same ballpark, kind of like what we were with Northwestern. I mean, we all had us winning you know, decisively last week. Hey, I did say it was going to be a one-possession game in the fourth quarter last week. I did call that right for Northwestern. Yeah. I yeah. just ultimately thought we were going to be the team that <laughs> scored late. So. Yeah. so, yeah, I mean... I think uh, we have a really good shot. You know, shoot, last week I said 99.2% chance that Nebraska wins. Ouch. Ouch. This week I'm going to say a 99.1% chance that Nebraska wins. And this is why Justin does not make Vegas odds. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, All right, let's get into the games of the week segment, which, by the way, I won last year. Which, uh, no, you did it. Yes, I did, Tyler. I won it last year by one game. No, you did it. It was tied at the end of the season, and we no, both picked the same and game. And then we went to the Army Navy game as the push. It's, it's not going to matter. I'll take the lead back. I, I won it every other year but last year. All right. so. 
Well, I'm coming back. Let, let, let's get it started here. Let's see if Tyler can finally get a win. I doubt it. So, uh, <laughs> we got five games on the slate. Number 11, Oregon versus number three, Georgia in Atlanta. Derek. Georgia. I, I have nothing to add to it. Just Georgia. Tyler. You know, it, it's kind of a weird game. The The former defensive coordinator of Georgia is now at Oregon. You have Bo Nix now at Oregon. Um a lot of weirdness of like the SEC crossover. Um, I I don't know. I'm actually kind of intrigued for this game, but I I, I don't know if Georgia will blow them out or just win. I, I I wouldn't bet this game, but Georgia will definitely win this game. Georgia, yeah, I have Georgia also. I mean, this it seems like a little bit of a mismatch to me. I I think they do cover actually. It's essentially like, a home game in Atlanta, right? Exactly. It's not even a. It's not even essentially. Essentially, home. It's, it's a home game. Play. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's home game. I mean, they're they're, they're 30, 30 miles away from the from their home stadium. I mean, you gotta love the SEC or, neutral or, or, games. Or Oregon's three thousand miles away. I get. Yeah, this is a home game. I I will say with Oregon that that it is interesting because they've had so much coaching turmoil, uh, but you know they have talent. I mean, like Georgia will have a lot more talent than a lot of teams, and they'll have more talent, but. The, the athletic gap's not huge. I don't know. It's interesting. All right, here's an interesting game right here. Number 23, Cincinnati at number 19, Arkansas. Arkansas is six-point favorites. Derek? This this one's a little tougher, but I, I'm going to go with the home team here and say Arkansas pulls out the win. Tyler? Yeah, I mean, Arkansas won five of the last six games last year to end the season by beating uh, Penn State. They return a really good offensive line. Um, the pick six previews have them the second best offensive line in the conference. Their head coach is a former offensive line coach. They're tough up front. I think they just bully Cincinnati and win this game. Well, Cincinnati lost a lot last year. They lose their great quarterback that's been, uh, you know, like three years of straight great th- things. They lose their running back. They lose their top wide receiver. Uh, they lose some players on defense. Uh when you look at Arkansas, they return a lot on offense, but their defense, they took a hit on defense. So when you pile this together here, I think it's going to be a really close game. And I have to pick Arkansas because my daughter's boyfriend is from Arkansas. And I know, I know, it it, it sucks. It freaking sucks. But Nebraska's like so down. I don't, I don't want to hear him talk shit to me for the rest of the season on Nebraska. So I'm just going to pick Arkansas here. First of all, if, if your daughter's boyfriend talks shit to you, you need to man up and uh, get that in line, Justin. <laughs> well, this is going to be the last time we ever pick an Arkansas game because I just don't want to feel this pressure. <laughs> all right. Uh, so Arkansas for all three of us. Uh, here's another mismatch made in heaven. Uh, top Matchup number five, Notre Dame at number two, Ohio State. Ohio State, 17-point lead. Or favored by 17, sorry. Derek. I'm hoping this is a closer game than what Vegas is calling for. Uh, But it's in the shoe. Uh, I I don't see Ohio State. And and plus, you got a brand-new coach there at at Notre Dame. uh, That's not a good game you want to go into for your first head coaching gig. Uh, I think Ohio State wins it. I'm, but I am hoping it's closer than what it, the point spread is. Tyler? I like Marcus Freeman. I, I mean, of the coaching carousel, he's a coach I really like. Um, but but when you when you talk about the, the 
biggest mismatches of the weekend. Look at that quarterback competition. I mean, Tyler, I mean Tyler Butner, I think is his name at Notre Dame versus C.J. Stroud. I mean that that is David versus Goliath there. Um, I do think you know the, the alumni factor of Marcus Freeman. I think he's got this. I like Notre Dame. I don't think they're going to be great this year, but I think they're going to be good enough to cover the seventeen points for Vegas. Really? I, I so I I like Ohio State for the win, but I like Notre Dame for a cover, even if it's a backdoor cover. I mean, if you, you know, you're talking about the quarterback, but their wide receiver situation is really it's really bad with well, it's injuries. Really injured. It's like they've lost like three of their top six guys. I mean, yeah, I think they have. Is it three scholarship? Players that are healthy right now that are ready it, for this game, it's it, it's they're not. It's yeah, insane. Not. It's I, mean, I I don't know where. I like what I said last week about Northwestern. I don't know where their points are going to come from. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you look at Ohio State. You know, they added the new coach, uh, defensive coordinator there. Uh, I think you know it's going to be. I, I, I will say this. I don't think Jim Knowles turns that game or turns that defense around in one game. It'll look like it in this game because I don't I don't know where the weapons are for uh, Notre Dame in this game unless unless Notre Dame's defense is that great to stop Ohio State's offense. And it won't I, stop it. It won't stop it. But again, no. I, I go back to say I, I know I think Notre Dame's overrated at five, but I I don't know I don't know where they belong. But I I mean top fifteen team, top twenty team. I, I just think that the the disparity is seventeen points is a lot. I think it's an easy cover for Ohio State. I, I, I will say this: last year, this game was Oregon instead of Notre Dame, and I don't think anybody's seen Oregon be able to beat Ohio State, and they did. Good point. So, uh, so I have easy cover for Ohio State. Next game, we're moving to the Big Ten here: Penn State at Purdue. Penn State is three and a half point favorites. Derek. Uh, I'm going to go with Penn State. I, th- I think their defense is a little bit better. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I, being Tyler, we, we've kind of alluded to this all, all offseason, but I'm not, Aiden O'Connell's a really good quarterback, but I, I don't know what he's, who he's going to throw to yet. I, I, th- I think they're going to miss uh, Milton Wright and, and David Bell. Uh, I think Penn State's defense is good enough to give them problem give them problems. And losing their defensive coordinator for like the fourth time in four years. I, I think it's a concern for, for Purdue. Tyler. Yeah. I, I, I got Penn state in this game. Um, I really don't have much to add. You kind of hit it. That I think, you know, Derek, you kind of hit on the defense versus the Purdue offense. I think the offense against Purdue's defense, like Penn state, I like what they brought in at front running back. They're going to be playing a lot of young guys. Um, but I, I think they've got talent. I mean, you've got as good an incoming freshman class at running back as in the country. I mean, I think Sean Clifford in his 18th year at Penn State um, will get the AARP discount and a lot of touchdowns, and he'll have a great game. Yeah, I have Purdue in this one. Uh, I don't respect Purdue. Penn State at all. I'm taking, I'm taking Purdue. I like Purdue in this offseason and headed into fall camp. I, I, Aiden O'Connell is the real deal. I mean, he's a great quarterback, and it doesn't matter. He, he Jeff Brom always brings in talent at wide receiver. You may not think it's talented, but they're going to be talented. They're going to be talented there. And getting this game, uh, game number one, Penn State's going on the road. It's at the you know Purdue. That's that's a tough place to play. Ask Scott Frost. But uh, 
I, I just the, the, where I disagree with you is every year you know where those wide receivers are. It's either Rondell Moore or it's David Bell, it's, it's been, Milton Wright, and all these guys are gone. I, there's it's just been nobody. A long time. It's been a long time since we did. It. We couldn't like name a Purdue wide receiver off the top of your head. Uh, the they got two Illinois guys, right? Thank you. You could not name a name. <laughs> it was a Charlie Jones and. Can't remember the other guy. Uh, Till Illinois or Iowa guy? Not, did I say Illinois? What, I meant it, Iowa. You said uh, Iowa uh, guys. It, yeah, they got It's the Georgia. other I I team. Yeah. So anyway, no, exactly. I, I, I just don't respect Penn State. I don't like their quarterback. So yeah, yeah, we we know where your stance is. I I, I also think that James Franklin is still a better coach than Jeff Brom. Yeah. Yep. You're about to change your mind come Saturday. Well, we got one, Derek. It's actually Thursday, but is is it Thursday? Sweet. I was upset about that because I got golf and I'm gonna miss most of it. Oh, okay. All right, Illinois at Indiana. Indiana's three point favorites. I'm going to Illinois. Dude, I, I tell you what, Illinois looked really good against Wyoming. I know it was Wyoming, but they held them to 212 total yards, only gave up 30 passing yards. A defense looked stout. Their offense looked average to good. I, I, I think Illinois wins this game. Tyler? Yeah, I mean, I think Illinois did play well last week. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't seen Indiana play yet. I, I On paper, I think Indiana has a better defense. Um, I, I, I felt that going into the offseason. Illinois, I mean, while impressive against Wyoming, didn't quite do enough to do it. And honestly, I didn't watch that game. I was in the depression after the Nebraska game. So I, I did not actually watch it. Uh, but on paper, I didn't see enough out of Illinois to overturn what I thought going into the year of Indiana winning this game. So I'm going to stick with Indiana. Wow. All right. Okay. Looks like I'm going to have uh, two ahead of you, Tyler. Because I have Illinois. Illinois did to Wyoming what Nebraska was supposed to do to Northwestern. That was not what was supposed to do to Northwestern. They, we were – look at our score predictions. I had two touchdowns. Okay. Here, here's the other reason that I, I, I'm picking Illinois is they had they've already had a game to work out some bugs, so you assume that game two there's going to be a little bit of uh, jump in most of these position groups, and Indiana's playing number one, a lot of chances for mistakes. Uh, I, I just yeah, Illinois they they look pretty darn good. They did. Tommy DeVito. Yeah, there's some question marks about him at uh, quarterback, but I think he answered the bell in that game. It was Wyoming. Like, I mean, if, if you're that high on them, if we beat Georgia Southern 38-7, to hey, I, I that, can't wait to hear your take on Nebraska. What was the line on the, that game? What was it, uh, I think I got it like, like 10 and a half, I think. It, 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 shot, it shot up higher, but. Uh, well, it shot up to 14 by game time. 14? I, I took I, I I took Wyoming. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, for, when I seen it jump up to fourteen, I took Wyoming. Why would you doubt Brett Bielema? I hate Brett Bielema. Yeah, Beavis can just go sit on a pineapple with you, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we will keep track of these games of the week here. Uh, anything else you guys want to add here before we uh, peace on out? Go Big Red. Go Big yeah. Red. Go Big Red. Don't let us let's down just, again. Let's win some damn games and 
Don't crush Tyler's yeah. dreams and don't ruin his Saturdays for him anymore. College football, this is the best sport in the world. Don't uh, let... I, 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 I got to tell you, I, I'm rooting for Scott Frost to still prove everybody wrong. I want. I still want to see 9-10 wins. I, I just want to see him do it. I mean, again, it, we're not my far doubts off. Are, my doubts are there. I don't think it's going to happen, but... I hope he does. Yeah, and I, I just I hope this is our last fire the coach segment till it actually becomes a real conversation. Let's pray this North or this uh, North Dakota game goes as advertised, then, because <laughs> you know it's going to get bad. Uh, all right, uh, let's get out of here. Special thanks to our producer Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening as always. Thank you.